What's up, guys? Welcome into the OBR Film Breakdown. It is your Monday edition. I'm your host, Jake Burns. Hopefully, you all had a fantastic weekend full of rest and relaxation. I know I did. A really nice weather, a nice little wedding we attended, some other fun things. And uh, like I said, hopefully you had a great weekend and you found some enjoyment, the weather being good wherever you are, and uh, spent some quality time as we push forward into early June. We're kind of getting toward middle June now. It's already June 13th, which means we got to start figuring out how we're going to preview the Browns coming up. We're going to start looking at position groups soon, store, sort of start talking through some of the details of all of these guys, looking ahead at what the snap counts might look like, the projections. And when we start thinking of projections, we are always going to start with Mike Clay's uh, projections from ESPN. He does a fantastic job with all 32 teams. It's available on his Twitter account. I'm going to talk about this with our guest in just a second, but you can find it there. And I think it's always fun to look ahead at this. So we wanted to pick that apart. I'm going to be joined by Brad Ward from Monday Crossover Edition. Uh, Brad is always a great co-host for these shows and this topic is really fun and then we're going to introduce a little idea at the end of every episode now and then to perpetuity which is one key question which that question can come from anywhere social media ask the insiders whatever we're going to start that so brad and i will answer that one focus question at the end of the episode so enjoy this one i think it's a really good one as we start getting our brains moving toward what the stat projections what the outcomes could look like for your 2022 cleveland browns let's get over to our episode right now with brad ward we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast ditch the busy work use indeed for scheduling screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to another edition of All Eyes on Cleveland. My name is Brad Ward. I am your host. This is a crossover edition like we always like to do about this time with the great Jake Burns, host of the OBR Film Breakdown. Let's bring him in, Jake. How are you doing? Brad, what's happening, man? Good to catch up. And I think we have some fun topics that should bring some thought-provoking stuff into this, you know, this tough time of year. We get minicamp this week, but... We yeah. should sort of be trying to look at projecting how the year is going to go from a statistical standpoint. Mike Clay does a really good job with this. So I think 
this is fun to consider here. And then we have a good question at the end of this pod to get to as well. Yeah, really interesting stuff here. You know, uh, Mike Clay's projections, you know, and he, boy, does he, I mean, we're talking about in-depth projections here, right? Mm-hmm. Like, this is crazy, the work that he does on this stuff. So, um, and, and I think this, you know, kind of tells a tale here or there, and we can kind of look at what should be higher, lower, over-unders, what we like, what we don't like, uh, what that means for the Browns and whatnot. Let's, I mean, let's start right away. Does there anything that jumps out to you uh, in the projections that you're like, dang, that, that's really good, or that's bad, or we need to see better. What jumps out to you right away when you look at these projections from him? So, yeah, I want to preface that you can find these stats um, yeah. by going to Mike's Twitter page, and he has a link up on his Twitter page. He posted these on the 10th, and you can see all 32 NFL teams. It's the ninth page of the 66 that he put out. So the first thing that we've been talking about, Brad, and the thing that we've been discussing for what seems like a long time here is – how long is Deshaun Watson going to be suspended? So he has Watson playing 11 games, so suspended for six games. That's pretty favorable uh, mm-hmm. in terms of what we seem to be expecting at this point uh, as far as what his suspension will be. If you yeah. look at Deshaun Watson's stats, he has had an injury-shortened career, his rookie year. So his rookie year he played, um, but he's only had one injury-shortened year. I should preface that. He played in six games that rookie year. He actually played in seven, started six. He threw for 1,699 yards, 19 touchdowns, eight interceptions. So that's only in six games. This projection has 11 games, and it only has him at 16 touchdowns. Now, the interception number is down a little. But Mm -hmm. here's what's interesting to me. You know, Watson as a rookie, he sacked – uh, let me see here. He was sacked 19 times on that Texans team. And here he has Watson sacked 28 times in 11 games. So that probably that number's decent, but that number tends to be a little high for me because if you combine it with Brissett's games, you're looking at, you know, 38, uh, 28, 40 something sacks, 41 sacks. And I think Watson and, and Brissett will do a better job than Mayfield did last year. And Watson, has, the last two years of his starting tenure, had 44 sacks and 49. So looking at those numbers, and I don't know off the top of my head how many times Mayfield was sacked last year. I'm pulling it up real quick. So Mayfield yeah. was sacked only 43 and then only 26 the year before. So to me, that sack number feels a little high. I yeah, think they were projected at 43 uh, yeah. combined Brissett and Watson, yeah. Pretty pretty cautious on the number of touchdowns from Watson, in my opinion. Agreed. Uh, it's 16 and 11 games. And the 2,400 yards, I mean, if you're looking at 11 games, you know, I'm not I'm not a math whiz here, but if you're doing 2,454 yards divided by 11 games, you're getting, um, you know, uh, I guess this is this is a lot of go- a lot of it going off of what Baker Mayfield did. So 328 completions. Uh, sorry, attempts, 215 completions, 2,454 yards divided by 11. That's only 223 passing yards a game. Right. To me, that's really low. They, they're they right. expecting 275 to 300. I think they're going to attack it in the manner in which they, they, go, they go after it a little. So that number to me is low. Jacoby Brissett, he started last year in Miami five games, played 11 total. In this scenario, they're projecting him to start six games. So – Right, it's pretty pretty close. He completed sixty two percent of his throws, two hundred and twenty five attempts, 
So the numbers look favorable there. 1,283 passing yards. They have them at 1,370. I think those numbers are fine. Yeah. But the, the he only threw five touchdowns last year to four interceptions. They have him at 10 and four. So maybe that's a little favorable. But to me, I think Watson would be closer. If, if this is the number that holds true, which is Watson plays 11 games, Brissett starts six games, to me – the Brissett numbers are fine. I think Watson would be closer to 22, 23 touchdowns, and I would have to think the Browns would hope he was pushing closer to 3,000 yards. They did give him 328 rushing yards in 11 games. Throughout his career, Watson has run for – let's see, I'm on Brissett right now because I was trying to – I'm like, well, hold on, man. That seems a little high for – for uh, or a little low for Watson. <laughs> so let's yeah. see if we can get Deshaun pulled up here as we – speak through this i don't know that he's ever gone crazy in rushing yards he's had uh in his prime years which is three straight years of 15 or more starts 505 let me see here sorry 551 413 and 444 so he's projecting him at 328 in just 11 games feels a little high i think he throws for more but rushes for less what do you think what do you think about quarterback stuff there yeah, so let's kind of look at, from my perspective, I kind of looked at combined stats, right, so for the Browns' offense as a whole. So, And I know that's a little more difficult. First of all, I would say that I think the touchdown number is really low on Watson. If you're, They're projecting him for less than two touchdowns per game in 11 games. That doesn't seem like enough to me. Uh, I would think you would be at least at 20, 22, in my opinion, mm-hmm. uh, at two touchdowns a game around there, right? Uh, you know, maybe as three and one or one and another, but still, that seems rather low to me. Overall yardage between the two of them over 17 games, they have them at 3,824 yards, combined stats for 26 touchdowns and 11 interceptions. The 26 and 11 isn't bad. Like I said, I'd like to see that over 30, and I think it would be with Watson playing in 11 games, um, except for. That, like you said, the 10 and 4 for Brissett is kind of favorable. I mean, I would take that now, probably, if you told me he had to start six games, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, if I'm a Browns fan. So, but the yardage at 3,800 seems rather low in what we think is going to be a more, or expecting to be, or wanting to be a more explosive offense, Jake. So, uh, I think that overall number seems low to me. I would take the over on that if he's playing in 11 games. Yeah, I tend to agree that 11 games, and I think that these numbers would be a, be a bit better if he was playing eight. So if he was playing eight, let's look at that uh, actual number again here, calculator heavy podcast in front of you right now, 2,454 <laughs> yards divided by eight, you're looking at 306 a game. That to me, eight or nine games, so that means he's suspended what? If he's suspended nine, eight, nine games, that would be a better projection. So, yes, yeah, I think that that's a bit more fitting for for the quarterback position. So I think he projected, as is hard to project with Cleveland because of the suspensions, and Deshaun coming into a new offense paired with Stefanski trying to work out that new offense for him, it's a little tight, right? So uh, I think that they, they definitely were cautious about that. They did give Josh Dobbs a couple attempts as the backup. They gave him like three attempts and – a couple of rush. I think he actually might have some rushing stats when he plays uh, as a backup for Brissett. We talked about that last week's pod. Um, Marcus Harvey brought that up that they could do some of the things they might want to do run game with the quarterback wise. They could bring in Josh Dobbs to do some of those things. So keep that a in little mind. package but, for him mm-hmm, just to keep okay. that stuff ready to use uh, when the real deal comes around. So yeah, that's something they could, uh, they could potentially pull out of the hat. Interesting. 
Uh, you're listening to a crossover edition of All Eyes on Cleveland in the OBR Film Breakdown. My name is Brad Ward. That's Jake Burns. Let's let's move to the run game here, Jake. Wait, uh, you got Chubb here. He's projecting for you know uh, under 1,200 on the ground, 1144 and seven touchdowns uh, through the air, just 229 yards and a touchdown. And he's got Kareem Hunt right at just under a thousand total yards, 534 on the ground with four touchdowns and 413 through the air with two touchdowns uh Dearness with you know just over 100 yards uh Felton sprinkled in and uh maybe like they I think two carries here for Jerome Ford so thoughts on on the run game what jumps out to you here you know prefacing this that we are this is with uh Mike Clay's prediction of or projection of Deshaun Watson missing six games so it's going to affect the run game as well right so let's let's kind of talk about that what do you think of the run stats here so he has them at 1835 as a team this past this this last year or this upcoming year uh that they ran for 2471 last year as a team so they ran for a significantly higher number than that Nick only played in 14 games of 17 was beat up in one of them as we know left early he still ran for 1,259 yards, eight touchdowns. Have to think he'll continue to strive forward as better quarterback play should help him for a portion of the season. Again, think that number's low. Dearness Johnson, and in, in, he gets two real starts, but he plays a decent amount, gets mm-hmm. 100 carries, runs for 534 and three, and then you had Kareem getting 78 carries. He ran for 386. So, yeah, just low numbers. I mean, these are – what these numbers tell me is that they think the quarterback situation is going to um what did what did Baker what did they throw for collectively last year 36 19 they're calling this a, basically projecting it to be a worse offense so Overall. take that for what it's worth yeah i mean yes. they threw 11 interceptions in this projection 14 last year so that number's not wildly different 61 and a half completion percentage Looks like the completion percentage goes up, but the yardage doesn't really go up all too much. The completion, sorry, attempts last year were 533 for this projection. Uh, 520 was the total number of attempts last year. So it's just not kind of not adding up for me uh, unless totally. you're just really, really being careful because yeah. they even gave Felton 114 yards, or uh, they only gave Dearness De- 114 yards. Yeah. I mean, Nick had 233 in this projection last year. He had 228. And we complained, or not we, I didn't, I never complained about this, but a lot of folks complained about him not getting enough carries, period. So, okay, if he didn't get enough carries and only played in really 13 games because the 14th when he left early, you know, then, then, then it's, uh, then it's dicey. I think he was really projecting some low numbers here for this offense. He's projecting the the Browns' offense to take a pretty significant step back, and we can all agree that the offense was the one that was the issue last year. So it's an interesting take here to me, Brad. It is, and and we can kind of, if you look over here, he has the Browns projected for nine point three wins. So take that for what it's worth, right? Overall, so um, as you look at these numbers, so. 9.3 wins, and to me, I agree with you completely. Like, so, okay, if you take these pass numbers, then I would expect these run numbers to be higher. If the run numbers are lower, I'd expect the pass numbers to be higher. It's not adding up for me. I expect this offense to be better over as a, uh, overall as a whole, and there's really no give or take here. We're kind of short on both ends. Would you agree? 
Yeah, I, I, I would. <laughs> something's got to give here. He's, t- he's calling for them. I understand the quarterback stuff being very sort of weirded out by that, not knowing where that's going necessarily, and being cautious. But you would think that if they're going to be cautious in the run, in the pass approach here, because of maybe Brissette starting a significant amount or easing Watson back into things as we get going here, that they would then say, okay, no problem, we're going to run the heck out of the football. So exactly. I would tend to think that the rushing game would be back at that 2,500 mark, which to me, if it's back close to that 2,500 mark, you're adding about 300 to Nick, 180 to Kareem, and 20 more to Dearness. That's saying everybody's healthy no matter what. But, uh, you know, I don't I don't think that's, uh, that's going to happen. But nonetheless, it, it, we felt like that group was beat up to all hell last year, Brad, and yeah. they still churned out the yardage they churned out. So – I don't I don't I just don't see this offense being as bad as he's projecting here. But, I, you know, this is this is uh, something that you would like to hear from Mike on where he kind of gets to these numbers. Yeah, uh, I, I tend to, to be very <clears throat> careful in projections myself. But these again, these feel pretty low to me. Which kind of leads us into receiver because I thought this was a little bit low, too, here. So if you go to their top receiver here, projected wise, you've got your uh, Amari Cooper which looks like a great deal for the Browns now. Uh, they bring him in, but he is making $20 million a year, and they have him at uh, 79 receptions, 926 uh, yards, six touchdowns. So under 1,000 yards for a guy that you're paying $20 million is not good enough, Jake. No, it's not. I mean, it kind of – he played in 15 games, started 14 last year. I can't can't tell you whether or not they – necessarily uh he played in that 15th game a ton but if you say he played in 14 games he had 68 catches on 104 targets 865 yards so this is not terribly off the only issue is they don't have the the depth that the dallas cowboys have at wide receiver where you got cd lamb and you had cedric wilson and michael gallup before he got hurt so i think you have to go into this year with a target goal Last year's targets were 104. This year, Clay's projecting 119. It has to be in the 140 range to me. So if that's in the 140 range, it tells me that he pushes 1,100 yards. Like I would think that the hope would be to get to over the scenario by a significant amount. Like I would say the goal would be an 1,100-yard season just by sheer virtue of this guy's the most talented receiver we have, and we need to get him the football a ton. So, so I think the goal over under for the Browns would be 1100. Mike yes. says they're going to be under, I think he's going to be under that a little, but not by as much as Mike does here where he says 79. I think he pushes closer to like 90, 95 catches for a thousand fifty and about eight touchdowns, but I don't think he's terribly off here, but they, they definitely are over undering him at 1100 and want him to be, want him to be over. They need him to be over that number. They do. He's in a different role in Cleveland. He is the clear number one here. So, uh, and that's a lot different than I think Dallas, right? There's no, I mean, look at the Browns group of wide receivers. And if you, if you put any of those guys in Dallas last year, none of them are playing over uh, Wilson, over, over Gallup and over CD. And and they're, they're just not getting the time there. So to me, uh, I, I think that you, there are some seasons where you play with enough talented guys like see you know all of these guys I'm talking about and distribution spreads out it's just natural but when you have a clear-cut most talented player here you have to get him I mean the Browns the goal here for this offense should be 140 targets minimum like like to me they have to get him the football like give him chances to get the football I understand it might not work out but like 
he's got to get the ball, Brad. I mean, they got to get like if I don't if they if he plays 17 games and they don't get him 170 tar or sorry 140 targets, I would start to question what we're doing in terms of getting the the, the better players the football. Like they they have got to get him the football. 100. Um, percent Let's look at the secondary pieces here in the past game. Okay, uh, Donovan Peoples Jones last year, right now different role once again. You kind of have to account for role change a little bit uh, as a. There wasn't a clear number one due to injury and Jarvis's performance and whatnot on the Browns last year, right? So Donovan Peoples-Jones last year with 58 targets, 34 receptions, and almost 600 yards, 597, right, and three touchdowns. So when we look at Mike Clay's projections this year for Peoples-Jones, he's got him at 31 receptions and 428 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, Anthony Schwartz... Right there at 390 for three touchdowns. David Bell, same. Right, I mean, there he's got them all log jammed together, right? Each one of them with about 30 receptions. Uh, uh, same yardage, 350, 428, 390, all with two and three touchdowns between Schwartz, Peoples, Jones, and Bell. My thing there, uh, and I'll let you comment on this. My thing there, Jake, is. I feel like somebody needs to separate and be that second guy a little bit. Like I would expect a little bit more from people's Jones this year, personally. I, I don't think you're wrong. If if he goes back to having 428 yards, that's a significant issue for him. I mean, yes. what did he do? What did he do his rookie year? That that seems to me to be, if I could find on my on my mouse here, rushing and receiving his his number. There he is. Is his rookie year? He does. 30 or sorry 14 for 304 so if he does 31 for 428 and only two touchdowns he had two last year three sorry two his rookie year three this last year the 750 number is the number i continue to point at like that should be his over under from the people in house like they've got to feel like he can get to somewhere close to 45 50 catches 750 and five six touchdowns that has to be that has to be the goal here. He, his numbers and David and Joku's numbers should be really similar. I mean, they should really be similar. But we're talking about we're talking about a case here where we think that they've drastically underestimated. Based on this, if you get Watson missing 10, 12 games, I think some of these projections are fair. I, I really do, uh, because you, you, again, you're talking you're talking about a significant quarterback downgrade um to to Watson and pretty a pretty similar quarterback to Mayfield last year so that's why I'm not like and again that's hurt Baker Mayfield I don't think Jacoby Brissett is as good as Baker Mayfield but it's not this gigantic drop off so like my my point is kind of like these numbers if Watson were to be suspended for a a large portion of time make sense from a receiving standpoint we already talked about the rushing but the receiving standpoint do uh, make some sense and kind of feel like they're they're fair but if he's playing 11 games 12 games something like that and in this case he's projecting 11 games like i i think these numbers are very disappointing for watson very dis- i mean all the way up to the guys that are trying to catch the football here um you know donovan people's jones if you say amari cooper's just at the thousand yard mark he needs to be close to 750 i Absolutely. think anthony schwartz getting to 31 and 390 would be a very big win three times into the end zone Agreed. I'm fine with that. That'd be great. But David Bell, you'd like to see him push closer to 400, something yeah. like that. So you'd like to see David Bell get to about 40 catches, 450, three or four touchdowns as well. So, you know, I know that's four receivers in a team that has never really, never really gone crazy in terms of the sheer volume of getting those guys the football. But I, I have to think some things are changing with 
with Watson, if they only miss six games in this scenario, some things to me should change and the the numbers should be the numbers should be pretty good, right? The numbers should be should be really good. So um this is uh, this is very soft on on um on Watson and thus very very weird projections for the wide receiver room. So uh very weird. yeah yeah I, I would say I would say that this numbers skew a little bit. I mean they have Jakeem Grant only 58 yards, five catches. I th- I'd like to think he gets a little bit more action than that. So sure. Yeah, just the passing stuff is off here. I think it would be better more accurate, I should say, not better, but more accurate if the if the Watson stats playing in 11 games were a little closer to that 300 yard mark, we could have a better uh, a better discussion. But yeah, they're just they're just they're just a little off, little little weird here, a little a little cautious on Deshaun. Yeah, the trickle down effect from his overall yardage to the to the receivers obviously ends up with these being low too. But the set, you know, there's no separation really from Schwartz, uh, Peoples Jones, and Bell, and that's kind of my issue. Like you would think if Watson's going to play in, uh, you know, what six uh, eleven games, right, um, with missing six, mm-hmm. that Peoples Jones would have a a pretty good season, like you said, closer to seven 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 fifty, like you said, very much similar to what we want from Njoku, like we talked about with the sevens across the board. I think that would be what you want from Peoples Jones too. I think you nailed it with that comment. Yeah. Yeah, it just it just would be higher. People's Jones need to be closer to that seven fifty, and, and that Bell, just, that just should yeah. be the goal. David Bell take more, but I'd be happy with Schwartz at thirty one, thirty catches or so. Agreed. Those numbers would be pretty solid. Tight end, it's gotten Joku at forty eight catches, five ninety three and five. Wouldn't be terrible. I think the Browns again with their contract are thinking more of him. I would like to see him push the seven hundred yard mark. He had four hundred seventy five yards last year and thirty six catches, four touchdowns. So I would much prefer him to get closer to 700 yards as well. Um, so something like 60 catches, 700 yards, five touchdowns to seven touchdowns is about the goal spot for me. So, uh, it, you know, I, I think David and, and Donovan in these situations would make up for because we're talking about here, okay, we'd say Watson would get to 3,000 yards, right? So you're, so you're talking about 600 yards or so, right, to yeah. get to that 300 yards a game. So then you put 300 yards on Donovan Peoples-Jones. He goes to 728 projection in this one. Yep. And then you get David Njoku, his 593 projection. You get him about 150, increase David Bell about 100, and then you're kind of right there. Harrison Bryant gets to 300. He's at projected 24, 254, and 3. The, the 700 yards is a pretty big thing, right, in this situation. So that's where we get, like, Oh, okay, I feel better about DPJ. Okay, I feel better about Njoku. I think you'd get right where you want to get if they had 11 games and about 3,000 yards from Watson on top of Brissett. You know, I mean, I didn't really do the calculations. They got Brissett at 1,370 yards over, what is it, six starts? So that's pretty low, too. Yeah. Uh, that's 228. They're actually projecting, <laughs> projecting Brissett to throw for more yards per game than watson which is a little yeah, bit bananas it's weird right it's really um, weird it's really weird so uh, i mean not a big deal here but just kind of trying to paint the picture of what this looks like if you uh, in my opinion accurately project what, what we think that watson will actually do totally agree and joku you know the target number i think would go up as well 72 i think that you know i think you're looking at maybe like 20 higher than that maybe if he's getting legitimately what we want him to get right and, and once again so if you're talking about 
once again, 750, 650, 700 more yards, which would, I think would be a more actu- accurate projection. Um, you know, he ends up with that, I think. So I think you nailed it there that the way you distributed those yards between people's Jones and Joku and Bell, I think makes a lot of sense. And, and we're feeling much better about things. Even in the run game, I, I think you see it would see an increase there as well. Um, if if we're if we're where we think we are, right? If we are what we think we are. <laughs> yeah, I, so. I think that the run stuff was pretty. Uh, I don't know. I thought it was cautious last year. I didn't. I didn't leave the season thinking they ran the ball a ton, and then like they still had twenty four hundred rushing yards last year, with not thinking they ran it a ton. So to me, it seems like they're still going to run it pretty well. If they yeah. went run crazy, here's what we think they would do: twenty seven hundred yards. That's a big jump for the group, right? And then uh, you have to consider too uh, some of the some of the stuff with the passing. So it's weird. Uh, it's weird based on how they projected it, but but it's not it's not too hard to see uh, where you think it would move. Again, if these projections included Watson playing like six games, I think it makes a ton of sense here, but it it doesn't. So the defense is a little less interesting than this one, but uh, for the most part, offense just the quarterback stuff needed to move for me to feel pretty good about it. What jumps off to you, speaking of the defense, anything that jumps out to you defensively that uh, that you like or don't like? Um, I would say that, that, I mean, we've been really lucky here with Miles, knock on wood, uh, that he has been healthy for a while. And, okay. Um, 13 sacks over 17 games would be a low number for him. Yes. Uh, I think that would be a low number for him. Uh, I don't nothing about the interior guys screams a ton to me. I mean, it seems like he's projecting Sheldon day to play a lot of snaps because he's giving him the second highest number of total snaps. Maybe that comes to fruition, but I don't know that they're going to invest in him as much as we think right there, but nonetheless they they could. Um, But yeah, nothing of the interior really pops off to me like crazy. Uh, we talked about Miles uh, Clowney at nine sacks would be a nice outcome. Seven hundred and three snaps. Uh, they don't really give you pressure numbers; they just give you sack numbers. So we're kind of looking at that. They think Weatherly is going to get the second highest, sorry, first highest number of rotational snaps. Yeah, uh, that to me would be a little interesting. I lean towards Alex Wright and Chase Winovich getting a lot of those snaps. Agreed. I thought think, that was odd thought, as well. Yeah. yeah, they thought Weatherly would. They have JOK getting 920 snaps. That would be a home run he's on the <laughs> yeah. field because the second highest defender they have getting snaps is Walker at the linebacker position at 541. I don't think Sione Taki Taki is going to have 519 defensive snaps. Now, that's yeah. just to me because he's a Mike line. He's a, he, sorry, he's a sandbacker who plays anytime they have three linebacker sets. So, um, trying to kind of look at the uh, total number of snaps that he has had. Just try to track this by player. Uh, you can tell we don't prepare here much uh, for what we're going to talk about. Um, so he has had over the course of last, he had five seventeen. But if you take out special teams, he mm-hmm. only had two hundred and eighty six snaps last year. Now I don't know if Mike includes special teams. He only had. We did have 499 the year before, so they could be projecting a bit of an uptick. But I don't, I don't see him playing 519. I definitely think Jacob Phillips is going to play more than 292 if he can stay healthy. I right. should make That's... that pretty clear caveat. But, but yeah. uh, I, I do think that he is uh, probably a bit too high on in terms of 
um, you know, uh, talkie talking Phillips, I would flip those two rounds. I think they want to get Jacob Phillips heavily involved. So Agreed. those two would switch a little bit. They have JOK with a couple sacks. It's hard to pro- totally go crazy projecting interceptions. They have Ward and Newsom playing every single secondary snap. Yeah. Uh, to, to which I agree. If we're saying everybody's staying healthy all the time, Greedy and Martin Emerson, obviously. And then I think AJ Green in this projection where everybody plays all the time because they're healthy only gets 54, but he'll clearly get more. And then he has Johnson and Grant Delpa playing 920. I don't think that would be a massive uptick for Delpit. We know Grant was still held pretty cautiously last year. We all know that you come off of uh, something as serious as an Achilles. You don't get a ton of snaps. You got 599 last year, so that would be a that'd be a major uptick, which would be a great uptick because uh, the output would would turn in a good direction. So, you know, I don't have a I don't have much issue. I think the Jacob Phillips linebacker snap number would be higher. Sheldon Day along the defensive line catches me by surprise. I just wouldn't project that in terms of the second highest number of snaps. I think he could. Just wouldn't project it. Weatherly a bit more uh, playing time than I would predict uh, based on those guys behind him and what they want those guys to be. We talked about Miles' number being a little low. Other than that, not a ton of issues. What do you think? Yeah, so I had a couple things highlighted. Uh, I had Jordan Elliott highlighted. I, you know, I'm working on a piece of, you know, three guys that have to take the biggest step forward for Brown's success this year. And Elliot's one of those guys for me, um, you know, third round pick who really needs to pay off at some point. I think it's a good sign that they have been playing the most snaps on the line, right? So I guess that's pretty obvious a little bit, but I had that highlighted. I, I had Chase Vinovich highlighted here, uh, 141, as we said, and you mentioned Weatherly. Uh, in there as the third guy, you know, I think it's kind of thought of that Winovich is going to fill that uh, uh, McKinley, attack McKinley role, right? And so mm-hmm. if they want Vinovich to do that, clearly his snap count would be much higher. Uh, you know, that's kind of what I was looking at as the snap counts here. Obviously, Mike Clay loves JOK uh, a lot. He has him projected for 920, like you said, that would be a home run, 920 snaps. Uh, two sacks, which, it, like you said, is hard to project. Same thing in the secondary, except for I'm higher on AJ Green than I am these other guys. I don't know what the, if the, how the Browns feel. Obviously, you know, Greedy's contract coming up, right? So maybe he does see uh, the third most snaps, I guess. Um, I kind of like AJ Green a little bit more. Personal preference there. I thought he showed a lot last year. We'll see how that plays out. That's hard to project as well. And I agree with you that I, I had Grant Delpit highlighted. If he plays 900 snaps, I mean, that's absolutely huge for a guy who lost a year, has to prove himself, you know, with an extension coming up around the corner here. And the and, and his role, and we I talked about this with Jared the other night, you know, his role in free safety, frees up John Johnson to be a better player, right? So if he's on the field that much, John Johnson is more productive, I think. So uh, I think that that would be a big thing for the Browns if they could get even, not even 920, I mean, 800 plus snaps out of Delp, but I think would be a win. Couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. Um, Cade York, they have 28 of 33, uh, 39 of 42. That would be a very successful rookie season for Cade York. Uh, really nice season. And then he has Corey Bjorquez. Bjorquez? Bjorquez. Um, Uh, Yeah. Bjorquez. I think we just called him Bojo. Corey Bojo. Yeah. Uh, 45, I don't know, 45-yard average. So uh, So, take that for a 27 down inside the 20-yard line. 
so I looked at this a little bit, right? Uh, for Por Corey Boryorquez, or, or, or what'd you call him? I call him, Bo Bo I'm just going to call him Bojo. Bojo. I don't know. For Bojo, bad. who is 25 years old, it's not like he's aging and he should be declining. Two years ago, averaged 50 yards a kick. Last year, you averaged 46 and a half, and they have him at what? They have him 40? at 45.4 with 27 okay. down inside the 20. Well, that seems off, right? Yeah, that does. Um, and if you're looking at kicker, 84% is what they have York at. You would hope for a little better than that, right? Like the best kickers are right around ninety percent. So, I mean, he is a rookie, well, so yeah. That's fine. I, I, yeah. I'm t I've always kind of set thresholds for this thing for him. Like, what is what is a successful season? I think you can you could feel good about as long as the kicks were made. There were important kicks, and you'd have sure. to look at the ranges of some of the misses. But you know, I, I feel like twenty eight of thirty three would be would be relatively fine. Yeah, for, for sure. Timing. Year. Timing is huge here, right? Like yeah. relevance of kick, things like that. Couldn't, couldn't uh, be more. So uh, another interesting thought. I mean, this is just a miss, right? Having Ethan uh, Pojic as the starting center, right? It's going to be Nick yeah. Harris, correct? It, I mean, <laughs> if it's not Nick <laughs> Harris, I'll be really damn surprised. But <laughs> I, I, some of these guys who don't pay as close attention to we sure. as we do – uh, I, I kind of understand how some of these things get missed. So, um, yeah. you know, not, not the end of the world, but, but definitely they have them at nine and 9.3 projected wins, uh, which again, I think is a fair, very fair number with, with mm -hmm. the Watson situation uh, in a tough, tough, tough division, as we know. And uh, just the uncertainty at quarterback is always going to throw everybody for a loop. So, uh, that 9.3 to me is fair. They could still go over it. Uh, that doesn't always even mean playoffs, right? He does have their stats. Passing stats is pretty bad. I mean, he has them as among the worst passing stats. Ranks 27 in dropbacks, 29 in attempts, 29 in completion, 28 in yards. So I'm sure maybe in some of the follow-up to that, some people who uh, are in Brown circles have followed up with him on why you think they're so low, but, but that's just the number that he – put out there so i i mean i again I, I don't blame anybody for feeling weird about it but i just if watson comes back and throws for only 220 yards a game i mean i think they're basing mike does a lot of the basing on this stuff especially for teams who who bring back the same coach play caller to to really project it similarly to what the quarterback did the year before so he's doing mm -hmm. some of that but yeah i mean even the rushing stuff the attempts are high and the yards are high projection wise here but i think they they should be at the top. I mean, their one through three running back depth is unparalleled in the NFL, and I mean that un unparalleled. So yeah. they should be number one in, in all of that because even even if you're saying they they'll they'll still uptick and you're you're putting them at the at the at the near bottom of all of these passing stats, and you're telling me they're only going to be seventh in rushing attempts seems a little odd to me, a little off. But again, these are. League-wide projections, they're, they're hard to do. They're not always spot on, but we just kind of look for where we think they're going to be a little different, and I think they're going to be different in terms of of, uh, of of where their output goes uh, based on two things. You know, they're, if, if they're playing Brissett, they're going to run it a ton. So if you're projecting Brissett's going to play 11, 12 games, you should have higher rushing numbers. If not, if you're saying Watson's only going to miss six games, then the passing number ranks here are, are just off. They're just they're way too low. So – 
that it would appear that they're yeah it would appear that they're just missing overall yardage somewhere yeah couldn't couldn't agree more like they're missing a game or two here right which is which is weird to me he's very high on the defense though he has him uh 27th in tackles which i mean i don't really understand quantifying that altogether i mean there's probably something i'm missing there in terms of being able to easily understand it but it doesn't make the most sense in the world to me but uh but they have him second in sacks fifth sixth sorry sixth in interceptions and he ranks their defense special teams 10th overall so pretty high on that group which i think is the expectations and the burden should be high on that group this 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 year based on you know what they what they have to deal with with everything going on right I don't get look at I can't believe it. Look at all that red under the passing. That's insane, right? 27, 28. That's wild. Again, I I I totally get it. It's just like, okay, if you're having lost and play 11 games, you're saying he's only going to throw for 220 yards. It doesn't quite add up. So, whatever, you know. Uh, Last point on his figures here. Um, You know, it's nice to see at least once again for, you know, Browns, I think, lucked out here. The NFL did him favor one way or the other, whatever it is. First four games, 71% win chance, 64, 63, 68 against Carolina, the Jets, Pittsburgh, and Atlanta. So, you know, suspension looming, that uh, bodes well, right? Like, you love, yeah. you like to see that. So, I would agree with that. I think the, the nine number there is good if Watson is, but if Watson's playing 11 games, especially the start of the year with how favorable we think that schedule is where you catch Pittsburgh in a new situation. And a it's lot of low. the teams they're playing early, that number feels low. It does. Like that, if that's, if, if that's the case, I definitely think that number needs to be up around 10.8 or something along those lines as, as their number. But, but if, again, if he's playing the number I'm expecting him, I've been vocal on this pod on my side, Brad, where I think 12 is the number. I just think 12 is the number you should either, uh, you should be expecting nothing less. If you hits, if it hits not, if it hits less, then it's, it works out for your football team. If it hits, if it hits more, then uh, you're, you know, I'd be a little surprised if it hits more. But twelve is like my borderline, borderline expectation. Where, where do you sit on that? Yeah, I, so I've talked about. I just talked about this with Jared too. You know, he had him around eight. I think uh, I, I have said that I think it's more than that. I, I didn't really pinpoint a number like 12, but I think it's more than 8 or more than 10 at this point. We're trending that direction, in my opinion. We're trending worse than better, uh, at least you know, NFL-wise, accounting for optics the last two weeks, things. You know, what's coming down the line, we don't know. Uh, apparently they're done. They've interviewed Watson for the last time. Did I see that right? Or supposedly the last time, but who knows with what comes now? Um, yeah, I think 12 is pretty accurate, Jake, to be honest. If it's not, tw- in my opinion, if it's not 12 or 10, you're probably looking at it a whole season. So, yeah, I mean the, the sheer, again, I'll say he could, could be innocent, man. I don't know here. I don't, I don't, I don't know. But to me, the volume of this thing, and it's it's not just the volume; it's the the the, the accusers keep coming up, right? They, they keep coming up, and the league just has a situation here where, in my opinion, it is one that they feel like they and I know this goes to an arbitrator first and all that and district judge and I and I get it, but like it just feels like if there was ever a time for the league to make an example of a player of you cannot do this. Seems this feels clear. like it. It, it yep. feels like it. So I think you should be bracing for something something pretty lengthy here. Uh, if, it, if it works out to six games, 
I think you crumble this stat sheet up and throw it out the window because he'll have, I still think he'll have a really good season. I mean, I think he'll be better. I mean, at least better than what this is saying. So yeah, we'll leave it at that. So a fun exercise though, to look at what somebody who does this league wide looks at. So uh, that, that part of it's pretty cool. This is a crossover edition of All Eyes on Cleveland uh, with uh, the host, I'm Brad Ward, and of course, Jake Burns in the OBR Film Breakdown. We like to do this uh, about once a week, and it's fantastic. I have a great time doing it every time. You have a a question we want to finish up with here, right, Jake? Yeah, I'm going to start doing this every uh, every off-season episode here until we get to training camp, and maybe in perpetuity, but... um... Just kind of a question of the day. Like, what's a, a question you either see on Twitter that comes up, a question you see in anywhere? Um, you know, uh, I'm open to suggestions. If you have a question uh, that you want to re- just tag me in on Twitter or DM me or ask and ask the insiders, because I could pull it from there too. Just a question or topic of the day to uh, broach and just, just you know, chat about. The, the one that has come up, and we're going to have a roundtable on it at the OBR tomorrow, is. Andrew Barry has not cut a single draft pick he's made in his first three drafts. Now, obviously, he just drafted his third draft. Those guys are not likely to be cut, but there is a discussion around which one of those guys will be the first to be cut. And uh, I talked to the Brad about this ahead of time. I'm sure he has his opinion, so um, I'll let you go first. But I have a couple names that come to mind, but I'll let you go on yours first. This is really tough. I mean... So you start in 2020, right? And I look at these names here. Um, Wills, Delpit, Elliott, Phillips, Bryant, Harris, Diamond People. I don't see any of those guys getting cut, to be honest, in the near future. Um, and you look at 21. I kind of feel the same way here, except I will throw out the name Tony Fields here, mm-hmm. potentially. Uh, that's a guy that kind of jumps out to me as maybe... Uh, an experiment that didn't work out, and okay, we're going to move on in in that area. So I think, for me, he jumps out. I don't know about Richard LeCount. I like Richard LeCount, but I think he's... I think you have to mention him here a little bit, maybe. Um, you do. To, you, you to, do. Yeah, to me, it feels more, though, like these this newer class. The newer class, to me, is not as strong. Now, we have, they haven't played yet. I mean, I think it's strong where it needs to be at the top. Uh, but, like, Dawson Deaton, I mean, is there really room for him on the roster this year? I don't know if that, there that's, is. That's one of mine. So I, I think that anytime you have a seventh-round pick, it is it is never a lock to make the team. And I, and I would I would say this isn't one of mine, but 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 if you have Dawson Deaton or Michael Woods show up to, to any of these sessions or the, the training camp and either be – uh, out of shape in some way, shape, or form, or not ready to go, or they they perform terribly. They're guys that could be let go. Like they're just they could. They, they're just end of end of the draft flyers that could be could be let go. I don't I don't necessarily want to project either of them, but I think Dawson Deaton, especially because of the the interior depth that they have, if he is just not good enough and they notice it right away, it to me is very possible that he could be let go. Now we should preface this. This does also include the idea that they could let somebody go by exposing them to waivers and cutting them, uh, but also they could end up bringing said player back, right? Like they could bring sure. him back to the practice squad. So, but we're saying who is going to be the first one to truly be exposed to the rest of the league? 2020's draft, like you said, I think all of those guys are playing out their rookie contracts. I just think they're all going to be here until those things expire. They're, they all have a clear, pretty pretty defined role to me, Brad. So I think they're all going to be here. The, the, the 21 guys, 
LeCount and Fields are definitely up there. Um, they, they they would be the leader in the clubhouse. I think Fields is who I have as the most likely, just because of, hey, man, we can't get this guy to stay healthy, first of all, right? right? We can't get the guy to stay healthy, and we, we like somebody else to do certain parts of this thing, and I think he's the leader in the clubhouse. LeCount, they did not really add much safety depth, so I think he's good for another year. The three guys that I think are at the top of the list are the two I've said from this year's draft, which ironically is probably the most unlikely, but I think Deaton and, and Woods scream to me guys that they just don't have the room for them if they don't perform really well. And they yeah. also probably think Woods and Deaton could get through waivers and come back. So those guys are interesting to me, but, but fields is definitely the guy. I mean, I think I've heard a lot of people try to say like they, they think Felton's going to get cut and I just do not, I do not see Felton getting cut like flat out period. I think he's, it's so, or it's his first year and he had flashes of really nice play uh, in, in certain situations. So to me, Felton's beyond safe. I, I would be stunned if they ended up doing that, but uh, to, to, to kind of wrap out this, I, I think fields is the leader in the clubhouse. And then a couple guys from this year's draft scream to me. Uh, we just can't, we can't keep you. We're going to have to expose you to, to let go but in terms of just like cutting like sheer cutting a guy hard to see them really cut a guy without the interest of bringing them back so it would just be an exposing situation before they brought them to the practice squad yeah i think felton is safe i think that would be a, a mistake to let him go with the explosiveness that he has shown um i think that he is a good weapon and a good piece to have moving forward and i think that i would agree with michael woods too like i was going to mention i think I mean, I think he's in a battle. I think he has to battle for this this roster. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they're, they like some of these UDFAs they brought in. It could just be a sheer numbers game anyway for him because they, they, they maybe don't want to keep a certain number of guys on the roster. So he's potentially looking at that outcome too. But, yeah, he is – it is it is 50-50, man. Like, I don't think there's a, a great lock for him to uh, be on this roster because the, the end of the wide receiver room – it just it just depends, Brad, where they want to move some of these chess pieces because we were always fairly certain they were going to keep four tight ends, but now to me it's like yeah. I, I don't I mean who's the third tight end, let alone right. getting a fourth guy on the roster, right? And then the sheer number of running backs potentially. So uh, I I don't know. We just got to look at what the numbers are going to look like. But I think those three names that we've named and you add in Richard LeCount just by virtue of LeCount's rookie year was so weird, right? With like that team right. discipline situation, it's possible. I don't think is Javante Moffat still on the roster. I, I I actually don't know the answer to that. I I, I uh, like Javante. I, I feel like he was uh, still on the Browns roster, and, and someone's probably listening to this like, "Hey, idiot! You're supposed to be an expert." No, <laughs> but he was he was respectable um, enough to to at least, in my opinion, um, continue to to make the roster. I don't I don't I really see too. him. But, I don't see uh, his name anywhere. Yeah. And, and I liked Moffitt. I thought he played well uh, yeah. in, in spots. You know, I think a little bit. I should have known that. He he signed with the Jets. That's right. He, yeah. I, I think a little bit that, and I may be out of line here, and I may get killed for this a little bit, but I think the Browns may be over-projecting this wide receiver room a little bit. Um, uh, their, their own group, you mean? Yeah. I, yeah, I don't feel... The more we get closer to this, the more I don't feel as great about it. Like, I think Donovan Peoples-Jones takes a step forward. I think Bell's a great. But after that, I'm very worried. 
Yeah, I think that's fair. They're they're I've taking a this. pretty clear risk, yeah. man. They they're yeah. the, the I mean I mean Donovan Peoples Jones should be better, but that doesn't guarantee he's going to just get better. Sure. Um sure. and the, and then you know Anthony Schwartz is a, is a complete wild card and uh, David Bell we like, but there's no doubt that David is a limited athlete in terms of what his explosiveness is. So it's like you never know how that's really going to translate. I I think to me. There are some receivers out there right now that they, if they didn't like their guys, could have gone out and picked up. So to me, I think they really must like what they have, but liking what you have doesn't always mean that you're going to get the right results, right? So yeah, I think we could easily, and I do this every year, I do a podcast right before the season where I say, hey man, we're all positive all off season, but this is a what could go wrong scenario. So if we... Went back and listened. I think I did it with Jordan Zerm last year. And we, if you go back and listen to it, I think we accurately predicted several things that ended you, up going you did. wrong. I, I've actually um, listened to the episode. Yeah, yeah. So. yeah. I mean, you you talk about uh, things that could go wrong. You could you could easily at the top of the list, man, have the conversation about the wide receiver room just was not good enough. They just were not good enough, and they overprojected the 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 ability of some of these guys, and it bit them when they needed better wide receiver play. So I think that is high up high up on the list. And I think you were right about that. And defensive tackle too. I mean, you could yes. look back at the end of the year and it could have all worked out, or you could say, Hey, this did, this was pretty clearly an issue that they did not rectify uh, before the season. And, and one of the things that sets off the alarms for me, and the only reason I brought that up is because we're talking about Michael Woods making this roster. And I kind of th- sit back and think, and if you think from an overall NFL view, should Michael Woods make a good wide receiver core in the NFL? Uh, probably not in my opinion. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, there, there's, there's guys like that across the league, but you're talking about good wide receiver cores, right? So good. I think you're fair. I think we're, we're fair to, to be cautious. And I think a large part of why I bet if you ask clay, a large part of why he was extremely cautious in the projection is probably because he doesn't like the wide receiver and tight end group. Like, I think that that is a very fair league wide concern to say, Hey, we don't think they're going to go crazy in the passing game because they really have Amari Cooper and a little bit of Donovan Peoples Jones, and then we we don't know what else, right? Like, you know, we think we think David Njoku is going to be fine, but again, you're projecting that from Njoku. It's a we've seen him dance around the 600 number, but we've never seen him go crazy. So it could work out. They could be good. They could see major development. It could all be fine but it it again to me is extremely fair to be quite concerned about it we've already gotten a little long so what the hell am i asking another question here yeah do it um if there was a wide receiver that we didn't really see right now that maybe the browns like internally who do you think that that is that maybe like makes the roster we don't really see it coming and plays a role is it jamarcus bradley I think it has to be Bradley or Weston, right? Like this, right. this, this hyper athletic 24, 25 year old dude from Northern Iowa. Like it could be him. Those two are the only leaders in the clubhouse to me. I mean, they, 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 they picked up, they picked up Hartley. The, uh, the, the, I mean, they picked up Javon Wims, but I have mm-hmm. a hard time seeing that. I mean, Travell Harris, they, Travel they picked up Harris. out of Washington state and Mike Harley, if you're just doing this, hey, we're way outside of the range of the season and we have to project a guy doing more than what we thought, I think Jamarcus Bradley, by sheer experience uh, to the team, has to be pretty high. 
uh, mm-hmm. if not number one. But then Weston, just being the athlete that he is, I know he's he's obviously a little older. I'm not sure if he turned 25 yet or not, but he's close. I mean, he would, that, the reason he didn't get drafted is because he's old. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I've seen a couple of clips pop up of him of making some athletic catches at rookie minicamp and uh, OTAs. But, like, that, I mean, that to me is the pretty obvious answer to that question. It's a good question. Those two are the only two that really stand out. We could get into training camp, though, and we could get into preseason games, and you're like, man, Travell Harris, this is ridiculous. He's yeah. extremely talented. You can see it. or something like that, but we don't know yet. You know, A lot of people ask that question as we sit here and like, hey, man, what's the wide receiver disparity look like? It's topic. I don't know, man. I don't even know yeah. the people that are at, <laughs> at these things know. I mean, they're like, you don't know. Right. We don't know until we can go to camp and, and feel it out at camp. So uh we'll, we'll you know when we see it we'll let you know what we see but for now it's a whole bunch of just guessing and if you're gonna guess uh okay well has a guy seen the field for cleveland uh before yeah jamarcus bradley has he seemed respectable when he's been in preseason games in the past he's in, i think it's his third year of exposure to the browns uh franchise and and tying that to the third year with this offense so that to me is a huge indicator of a guy very comfortable with it. He makes the most sense. I don't think he's going to go crazy, but he could be a guy to get like 25 catches and 250 when someone's hurt for a portion or something sure. like that. And then the only other one is like, hey, man, Isaiah Weston's really athletic. And sometimes yeah. just really athletic guys find a way to translate. So that is the only other angle that makes sense. to me. Upside. Lots of upside with Weston. So. Yep. I'm with it, man. Very good, Good Jake. show, brother. This is fun. I, I, I always enjoy – when Mike puts these stats out just because like, Hey man, I don't really agree with it or I do agree with it. Or I think he's overrating something. And this year he's pretty cautious on Cleveland. There have been other years where I thought he's gone a little too crazy, but uh, in my opinion, pretty cautious overall. Yeah. Rather bearish on the Browns here. It appears. I think the entire football world, my friend is bearish on the Browns. That's <laughs> at, least, at least their <laughs> offense, because there's a there's just a whole bunch of I don't want to be the guy pumping up that offense right because it's not a good look right now and and I think until the suspension happens and some clarity comes from all of it it's going to continue to be a uh, just just nobody really wants to get very excited about about the Cleveland Browns especially the the makeup of the offense around the quarterback situation so continue to see this stuff like I've tried to talk about it a little bit man where just they're going to be disrespected and you're just going to have to wear it, you know, and, and, and the only thing that ever gets better is they go out and win a bunch of football games. And yeah, that part of it ends up just changing over time. Yeah. The only way is through Jake is kind of what I've been saying, right? The only way is through. The only way is through. We'll see if they can actually get through Brad much love, brother. Appreciate the show and the time and all that, man. Right back at you, man. Uh, crossover edition of, the OBR film breakdown with the great Jake Burns. I'm Red Ward of all eyes on Cleveland. For Jake Burns, I am Red Ward. We are out. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.